Tonight's reading is from Jeremiah chapter 33, starting at verse 12. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In this place, desolate and without people or animals, in all its towns, there will again be pasture for shepherds to rest their flocks. In the towns of the hill country, of the western foothills and of the Negev, in the territory of Benjamin, in the villages around Jerusalem and in the towns of Judah, flocks will again pass under the hand of the one who counts them, says the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promises I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Saviour. For this is what the Lord says, David will never fail to have a man to sit on the throne of Israel, nor will the Levitical priests ever fail to have a man to stand before me continually to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to present sacrifices. Well, hello everyone. Uh, my name's Jai. I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to be with you here tonight. Uh, we are going to kick off our Advent series, and you might be going, hang on, it's still a fair way away from Christmas. And you're right, we thought we'd start early, because we've seen people putting up Christmas trees and decorations on lights. Has anyone done that? A couple of people, someone's dobbing in someone else. It's starting to happen. Carol's on the radio too. It's scary. Well, tonight we are going to uh, kick our time off together by thinking about hope. And hope is an interesting thing, isn't it? It's a, hope is strong. It's a strong thing. But it can also be very fragile, depending on what we put it in. And I found some, uh, some fun stories about uh, hope that uh, may be a little bit misguided, but kind of fun nonetheless. And uh, the first one um, I found about, because uh, Nate, our youngest, is playing baseball now, uh, which I'm very excited about as a baseballer myself. But uh, this story is about a man who comes across a, a little league baseball game, so sort of junior baseball game, and he asks the boy what the score is. And the boy responds saying, 18 nothing. Where behind? And the man said to the boy, he said, whoa, that's a bit harsh. He must be pretty discouraged. To which the boy responded with, um, well, we haven't had a turn of bat yet. He was very confident and hopeful that uh, they'll be able to turn around this 18-0 scoreline. And then another one that I came across, which made me giggle for a while, and this is about, and now I say that and I start off with these words, a man was sentenced to death. That's not why I was giggling, just to make that clear. But let me go on. A man was sentenced to death and he was able to uh, get a reprieve by assuring the king that he could teach the king's horse to fly within a year. And if he couldn't, and he failed, then the man could be put to death in a year's time. Now, when asked why he put this proposal forward, the man said, well, the king might die, and then I get off. doesn't matter whether the horse flies or not. Or maybe I die, and then it doesn't matter either. Or maybe... Just maybe, the horse will fly. In a, in a year's time, who knows what will happen? Who knows what could take place in that time? 
not a very strong sort of hope, but there was hope nonetheless of what would ha might happen in the future. And there is a saying that where there is no, no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. I want to say tonight that if there is no hope in the future, then there is no power in the present as well. And this is what we're going to see in our passage uh, for us here today. This promise of God sending his Messiah, the King, the Anointed One, the One who will come in the future, that gives hope and strength for what is to come. I'm going to pray and we're going to jump in. Dear gracious God, Father, we pray that as we dive into your word this morning, uh, this afternoon, tonight, at this time, Father, we ask that you would uh, give us ears to hear, hearts full of joy, and minds ready to understand and put into practice what we learn. Father, we pray through your spirit that you continue to be at work in us so that we may continue to live for you and honour you and glorify you in everything we say and do. Amen. Well, as we get ready to dig into this passage, it's also helpful for us at this point to go, well, what is Advent? It's not a word that we, we use all that often, except for when we go, well, where's my Advent calendar? My chocolates or Lego or whatever it might be. Well, Advent simply means coming. And there's two ways of thinking about what this means. There's usually uh, one way is that we're talking about the coming of Jesus or the birth of Jesus in uh, Jerusalem at Christmas time, and the other is about Jesus coming again. And I think it's helpful at uh, this time of year, as we get ready for Christmas in Advent, that we think about both things. Think about Jesus coming and being born, but also Jesus coming again. About preparing for the beginning, but also looking forward to the end. And so we have before us, Jeremiah chapter 33, which is usually one of the first readings in the Advent reading calendar. And there's a reason for that. Because it's very interesting that in this first reading, in this passage that we had read wonderfully by Michael, where God spoke to his people in Judah with a message of Christmas, but it wasn't about a Christmas tree. And it wasn't about the lights and the decorations. It's an interesting image because God spoke about a branch, not a tree. Now, if you went to someone's house and you saw a branch set up in their house instead of a Christmas tree, you might go, oh, that's a bit sad. I'm going to buy you a Christmas tree because a branch is just a little bit, that's just... That's not Christmassy. But it's interesting, you know, that the first, the, the, this message of God through Jeremiah to his people was a message about a branch, a simple, small branch. Now, it's even more interesting because what is about to happen for Judah is Judah are about to be invaded by the Babylonians and taken off into exile. In fact, Jeremiah was sent to God's people to tell them about the impending doom and he had to tell people this message, a message that he hated. In fact, Jeremiah is often uh, referred to as the weeping prophet because he was so sad by the things he had to say. Especially when everybody else around him 
were saying, it's fine. There's nothing to worry about. I know that they've just made camp over there, but they're just on holidays. It's okay. It's not as bad as Jeremiah thinks it's going to be. But in amongst the tears of Jeremiah proclaiming this message of doom, there is this little shining glimmer of hope. A hope in this image of a branch. And when we understand this image, we can know something of the wonderful joy and the amazing grace that Advent brings us, not just for this Christmas time, but for the whole year. In fact, for our whole lives. Even when our sin and our failures seem to overwhelm us so much that we break down into tears, there is still this glimmer of hope just as Jeremiah declares in the passage we had. And so as Jeremiah declares that there is doom coming, that soon in uh, chapter 33, verses 4 and 5, that the streets are going to be full of war and death and bloodshed, as he says that these things are coming, As he, in uh, verse 1 of chapter 33, we find that he's in prison because of such prophecy. He's so hated for what he has said. That even through all this, there is something on the horizon, something to look forward to, as Jeremiah speaks these words of promise. A little bit earlier in chapter uh, 33, in verses uh, 10 and 11, we get a first sort of bit of this promise. It says this, This is what the Lord says. You say about this place, This is a desolate waste, without people or animal. Yet in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, inhabited, you know the word, by neither people nor animal, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and gladness, the voice of bride and bridegroom, and the voices of those who bring thankful offerings to the house of the Lord. See, there is this glimpse that there is one day something is going to be restored. That even though they're facing exile and Babylonian are going to make them their captives, things will be restored at some point and life will go back to normal, which it does in a way. But then there is a a deeper promise, a promise that is far greater than just the everyday life. And this is what we had read. Verse 33, uh, sorry, chapter 33, verses uh, 14 and 15. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line, And he will do what is just and right in the land. See, this righteous branch will shoot out. In fact, it's an image that's picked up also by Isaiah in chapter 11, verse 1, where he talks about a shoot that will come from the stump of Jesse and a branch will grow out of its roots. That this branch will continue on the line of David. And more than that, in verses 16 and following, see that in those days that Judah will be saved. And in verse 17, 
we read, For this is what the Lord says, David will never fail to have a man sit on the throne of Israel, nor will the Levitical priests ever fail to have a man to stand before me continually to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to present sacrifices. This branch that will shoot up offers more hope than going back to the everyday life. It's a little bit like this. You ever seen one of these in, um, after a bushfire? It's when you come across a new shoot on a tree that you realise it's going to be okay. I live directly across, uh, our family lives directly across the road from a national park. And a bushfire is one of those things we worry most about. But when you see a new shoot, you know that the, not only will the bush be back to what it was, but there's always new and wonderful things to discover within it as the new growth takes place. New tracks, new things to discover. Yes, Israel are about to be taken off, taken off into captivity. Yes, this promise of someone sitting on David's throne is looking as though it's more of a long shot than a promise because the Babylonians are about to take not just God's people but also the heirs of David off with them. There will be no king in Israel. There will be no king in Judah because they will not be. The Babylonians destroyed David's city. They burnt Solomon's temples. They took God's people into exile. Yet God promises that it will come to an end one day. The hope of God's people may look like it has just been taken away. There's a story of a man, a young man who was terminally ill. And he went to his normal uh, hospital for uh, treatment, but he was met with a new doctor who was on duty. And this new doctor, casually and very cruelly, said to him, you know that you most likely won't live out the year. As the young man left, he stopped by the director's office weeping. And he said to the director, he said, that man took away my hope. The director replied, I guess he did. Maybe it's time to find a new one. What we put our hope in will either last and endure whatever is thrown at it or it will fall and crumble. Whatever we put our hope in better be strong enough to be bombarded with everything that life can throw at it. For God's people, when hope looked lost, Jeremiah said, it is not gone. You've just been listening to the wrong promises and the wrong hope. And so as he speaks to God's people and says, God gives you this promise that will not be shaken, that will not be overturned, will be not snatched away, a promise that will endure even exile. 
This is something to put your hope in. Jeremiah says that the day will come when these promises will be fulfilled. And it will come from the most unlikely of places. It will come from a branch, not a tree. Something small and tiny. When uh, our family lived down at Helensburg, out the front of our house was a tiny tree that was no thicker than my arm. And it was right on the edge of the curb. And where we lived was on a bit of a bend and on that uh, road, uh, people like to come up from sort of down past the, um, the mine very quickly to see how fast, it was like time trials for some people to see how quickly they could get up there and get around the corner. In the wet, it was apparently even more exciting and more people thought they would have a crack at it. And the uh, interesting thing was that uh, in the wet, that corner is very slippery because a lot of trucks go down through there. And so we had a number of car accidents out the front of our house. We probably had about four a year. And every single one of them hit this tree. In the three years we were there, the tree never looked like it was going to budge. This tiny, tiny little tree didn't have a dent, didn't have a crack, didn't even budge in the soil. It was there for the long haul. And nothing, no matter how many cars hit it, at whatever pace, it was not going anywhere. So too is the promise that Jeremiah says here. This promise is rock solid. It is not going anywhere. God's people might head somewhere else, but God's promise is not moving. It is a promise that we can lean on. It is a promise that we can grab hold of, that we can steady ourselves with. It is a promise that we can grab hold of with both hands and clutch to when everything else seems to fail in our lives. It is a promise that one day God will send a great king and a great priest. That God will send the Messiah. That is the hope, that is the promise that Isaiah, sorry, that Jeremiah declares to God's people and to us here tonight. It is a promise that we know will come true. And what better way to hope for something than something that we know that will actually happen? You know, how many, you ask kids what they're hoping for for Christmas this year. Are you guys hope, you're hoping for something big at the back here? Oh, I don't want to hear what you're hoping for. <laughs> oh, Darn, what, what are you hoping for? You want a unicorn? That's a great thing. You can hope for that. <laughs> I don't know. A stuffed one, maybe. We won't be able to do that. We put out, you'd ask kids, and they hope for grand things. Um, Nate, our youngest, is hoping for a fried ice cream machine. Not happening. We can hope for all those sorts of things. Now, yes, I'm being a bit silly. But that's wishful thinking. That's not hoping. Because if we put our life on the line for such a hope as that, there is no strength in that. It will topple over. over. 
It will crumble. It will fall. It will let us down. The hope that we have in God fulfilling his promise is steadfast and true. Because we know that God does send his Messiah. In uh, Luke 22, at the end of the chapter in verses uh, 67 through to 70, we, we read this. If you are the Messiah, then tell us. Jesus answered, If I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, Are you then the Son of God? And he replied, You say that I am. Here is a moment where Jesus is declaring, Yes, I am that promised Messiah. I am the branch that shot up from the stump. I am the one who came to sit on the throne of David. But it is not a throne that is just on earth. It is a throne that is in heaven and it will endure war, famine, drought, flood, even the very end of the age because it will continue on for all eternity. God said that he would send his Messiah, his king, his priest, and he did. He did exactly what he said he would do. Do you know, you look through all the promises, and this is what we're doing over Advent, is why we started now, is you, you look through all the prophets uh, and all the promises that, they, um, that God made through them, which is what we're going to do over the next few weeks. Every single one of them came true. Everything God promises, he delivers on. There is one promise remaining. Do you think he's worth trusting? Do you think that he will follow through on that promise? Do you think that we just have to cross our fingers and hope for the best? Or can we put our trust and our faith in that promise? Can we put our hope for this life and the next in that promise? That promise that God will send his Messiah again. That Jesus will return. And when he returns, we will see him in all his glory and splendour. All those houses that are decorated with Christmas lights and trees adorned with decorations and lights will look like dirt in comparison to the glory of our King Jesus. God's promise is he will send his son Jesus. Our hope is that he will come again just as God has promised. It is a hope that will not be shaken or rocked by anything, no matter what runs into it, no matter what comes its way. It is a hope that will endure all the stresses and fears and worries that we have in this life. You might say, oh, but I don't, I don't worry about anything. I'm carefree. I'm cruisy. Me too. But we do worry. Be honest with ourselves. We worry. Everybody worries. 
Whether, whether we're worried about the, the rising cost of living, whether we're worried about our struggling aged care system, whether we're worried about getting sick, worried about floods, worried about droughts, worried about how we're raising our kids, and whether we're doing a good enough job or a number of other things. We worry. And those fears and worries can weigh us down. And if we don't have our hope on something that can support the weight of all those stresses and fears and worries, we will crumble and collapse. We'll be left in tears and in ruin and we will feel hopeless. Friends, at this time of year, we have the same message that Jeremiah had all those thousands of years ago the message of hope. A message of hope that can bear up the weight of fear and stress and worry. A fear, uh, a promise in a hope that actually doesn't just support those things, but actually helps us to see them clearly for what they truly are, which is something that is fleeting and will not last because we stand on something that endures forever, that lasts for all eternity. We have a hope to share. We have a hope that is not naive, that is not wishful thinking, is not looking at things through rose-coloured glasses, but actually looking at things as they truly are. The word this promise, this hope of a righteous branch that will spring up is a word of tenacious hope spoken to counteract all of the life-sapping, despair-inducing evidence that says that there is no hope and that all is utterly hopeless. And there, friends, is our power in the present our power and our strength to get through each day is found in our hope for the future. The future coming of God's Messiah, God's Son, our Lord Jesus. Our hope of being with him in his kingdom forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Etc. We have this message of hope to share this Christmas. Every Christmas, actually every day, we have the same message. A message of hope in the midst of darkness that the light is about to break in. In the midst of despair that hope erupts. that God will fulfill his promise as he has one day soon. We don't know when, but soon. And so this Advent, we have this hope. This hope of glory, this hope of our Saviour, 
this hope of our Messiah coming and taking us to be with him forever, where there will be no more worry or stress or fear or any of those things. Such is the Advent hope that we have. Such is our hope that we have in the promises of God. Let me pray. Dear gracious God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. Your promises made long ago. Promises that you have kept. The promises you have fulfilled in your son. That gives us every confidence and assurance in our hope that you will fulfill them in the future. Father, we pray that you would help us to fix our eyes on the hope of our future so that you may help us to endure each day whatever life throws our way, that we may stand on the hope of the coming of the Messiah, your Son, our Saviour Jesus. Amen.